0: Good morning. morning. It is nice to see that yellow object in the sky. (laughs) Starting to think we weren't going to see it again there for a while. Well, as you know, tomorrow is what? Memorial Day. Memorial Day Day was originally started to um, decorate the graves of those that fell in the Civil War. It was called Decoration Day. And it's a, it's a tradition that's been carried on for many, many years um, since that time. I think for many people it has become just another day off, a day away from work where they don't have to get up as early and sleep in. And I think all of us might, might do a little of that tomorrow. But I hope that tomorrow you'll take time to stop and think about what really it's about, that there are those who have given their all our country, it's for those that have have died in the in the defense of our nation. See, there's something special about those that are willing to do more than is expected. We honor these people regularly. You know, we have Mother's Day, we have Father's Day. That you're you're as a parent, you're called to do more than is expected of you. But there are those that that go beyond to the point that they even sacrificed their lives. We call these people heroes. Now hero is a word that's used a lot nowadays and sometimes it's not used very uh, appropriately uh, where we apply it. I mean, how many heroes have you heard of? I mean, there must be a hundred of them out there. Uh, uh, Batman, Superman, all those kind of heroes. Marvel, all those guys are all called heroes, and sometimes I think that we've caught up with the idea of what a hero really is. Those that are willing to do more than than they're asked are those that are really heroes. And so if you're willing to serve your country, I want you to stand. If you were ever in the military, I want you to stand for a moment. Anybody here that served in the military, please stand up. Now, the first thing that that people have served in the military would say is this isn't about me today. It is about those that have gone before and you're still supposed to be standing. I did not tell you to sit. (laughs) You should understand that. Get back up. That's a Navy for you. He won't get back up. Stand up. I want everybody to stand up. Now, what we want to do is we want to stop and take a moment and just, I really do, I want you to think about people that you might have known personally that gave their all for this country. I want you to just remember them for this brief moment. And then we're gonna, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Father in heaven, we, we thank you for those that have gone ahead of us who have uh, heeded the call and have given their all for, for your benefit and for the sake of this nation, that we might be gathered here today and have freedom together and to honor your son, Jesus. We just thank you for that, and we thank you for those that are willing to do such a thing. Just bless them, their families now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, this word, memorial, what, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, it actually means a remembrance... And so I was looking on my computer and I was looking up uh, different ideas that I might talk about today about the idea of remembering those that have sacrificed for us. And and there's a lot of them in the, in the Scripture, but usually what they're connected with is the idea of building an altar or a standing stone. It's a memorial. If you look in the book of Joshua, we get an idea of why these places built. Let's look at uh, Joshua 4. In verse 1 it says, And it came to pass when all the people had com- completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying take for yourself twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe and command them saying take for yourselves twelve stones from here and out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priests felt feet stood firm. You shall carry them over and you with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign. Among you, when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it, when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And so what we see is this, this altar was built it was placed there so that anybody who ever saw it would ask a question. What, what was the purpose of this? Why was this built? And they were to explain to them this great thing that God had done. As you drive across this country, you come across fields of white stones. If you've ever driven from Rapid City back towards Wyoming, there's a, there's a cemetery there. It stands white from the green of the grass and the blue sky. And those stones are there and they're there for a reason. And they're there to remind us of the sacrifice that it takes to be free. This day Always impacts me. To prepare for this, to talk about this, and to think about what it costs for us to be here. And not to be worried, not to be afraid, but to be here to just talk about what God means and what God does. We should, not for, for, we should never forget what they've done. We should never. Let that slip away from us. Yet as I look at uh, the teachings in our nation today and I think about what our children are being taught, many have no idea what it took to make America free. They don't understand it. They don't see it. They don't know it. And so when you see one of these places, I hope that your heart is moved and you remember the cost. Brian kind of touched on this, but the idea for today is remember those who were willing to pay the price in order for us to have the freedom to bring glory to the one who paid it all. That's why we're here. That's what we do. That's what it's about. And so as I was looking through the Scripture, I was looking at this, and I saw all these examples of memorials, and then it dawned on me, and I hope it dawns on you, that the whole Bible itself is a book of memorial. It's a book to remind us of what it means to follow God and what God means to each of us. And so the Bible is a remembrance of faithfulness to a cause. What can we learn from those who have been faithful to the cause of freedom? What can we learn from those who who find themselves in a situation where their lives are, are committed to a task before them? And I thought about David's mighty men in the, in the Old Testament. Th- these men that followed David through thick and thin had, had a, a cause, and their cause was to, to see to it that David was in the right place in relation to the kingdom of Israel. If you turn over to Chronicles, 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 11, verse 10. But now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had "...who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom, with all Israel, to make him king, according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Their cause was to see to it that David was in the proper place. Their hearts were committed to him. They they loved him and they cared about him. And they would do what it took to make sure that he was protected and in the right place in his authority." then it's also important for us to to think about this. Remember the faithful cause of those who have gone before us. Those who have laid down their life for us to be here. Freedom was their cause. It was their purpose. And what freedom were they trying to establish? What were they concerned about? As we look at freedom today, we, we realize that in our Constitution, there's many things that are, we are given freedom over, and they're all good, but some of them are really kind of getting messed up. <laughs> See, I believe that most men who have gone to fight, women who have gone to fight, have, have thought of this idea of life, the preservation of life, of liberty, the preservation of freedom, the idea to pursue happiness, as the Constitution says. That, that, that's important for them. That's what they they were fighting for. Not necessarily the freedom to be obscene. So much freedom now today is about being obscene. I think what, what our country was based on was the fellowship of God. It was based on the idea of a moral foundation. And so they fought for that. They fought that we might worship freely. That we might be able to have families that honored God and had a a moral standing in the world that was worthwhile. They thought for the idea of selfishness and what they did required that. Selflessness, I should have said. What they did required that, that they were selfless, that they were putting others first. So we need to think about this. Do we remember God's faithful cause? Do you ever think about why are you here? Do you ever think about it? Just, just stop and think for a moment. What am I doing here? What is this all about? And, and we realize that, that there's a purpose for us being here. God wants to be in fellowship with His creation, with His people. And we know that in the Garden of Eden that they were in fellowship, that Adam and Eve walked with God. And so what is God's cause? To restore that fellowship do we ever think of it like that God wants to walk with us again like they walked with him and that's that's what we have the opportunity to do if we just accept what Jesus does to bring us peace that's the whole purpose of life it's heading somewhere that seems to be the theme for the last few weeks we're going somewhere we're, we're going somewhere important we're heading in a direction that's critical. And when you understand the idea of cause, that suddenly becomes crystal clear to us. The Bible is a remembrance of courageous sacrifice. And when you think of uh, what happens in, in war, I wasn't, I've never been in war. I've never been in combat. I, I, I'm going by what I read in Scripture and what I see, having talked to friends that have been there, and I realize that there's a different mindset. And so I want to kind of express this to you, this idea of a different attitude that maybe as Christians we should take on for our cause, for Christ. But listen to this in, in First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 15 and following. It says, Now three of the thirty chief men went down to the rock, David into the cave of Abdullam and the army of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rapha David was then in the stronghold and the garrison of, of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem and David said with longing oh that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate now I suppose you know David's having a moment of remembrance and thinking about, you know how good that water would taste right now. And and I I don't know that this is what he intended to happen, but this is what happens as a result. So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but poured it out on the Lord on out to the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O God that I should do this, shall I drink the blood of these men who have put their lives in jeopardy? For at the risk of their lives they brought it. Therefore he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. Now as I think about this, I realize there's some things I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand that commitment. I, I really don't. I don't understand why three men would risk their lives to go get their king a drink. It doesn't make sense to me. Because why? Because I don't have the mindset of a hero that wants to fight for a cause that's that important to them, that he would be king, that he would be taken care of. The second thing I don't understand is why would the the king then, after these men risk their life, take the water and pour it out. But if you stop and you think for a moment, you begin to understand the awe of that, that somebody would risk their very life for you because they love you, that somebody would die for us so we could be here free today. It's a different mindset, the mindset they had. And David was so struck by that that he could do nothing less than worship God. And honor God, and so he poured out that drink, knowing that he was unworthy of those men's love. I believe that's what's going on here. And I see that in those that have gone and gone before us with their ununderstandable acts of love for us and commitment for a nation and for people that they might be free. So I want to share some with you. I know I've shared probably these names before in the past, but I can't go through this week without thinking of some people. The first one I think really emos- demonstrates this very well. His name was Lou Hill. We called him Rocky. He was my best friend growing up. He, he didn't die in Vietnam, but he died later from wounds that he received there that changed his life, that caused him to have a life that was very self-destructive. But he told me this story when he came home, and you know people like this don't talk about these things that much, and so he never brought it up again. But he told me about being in, the, in a firefight, and in this firefight they lost another Marine. And so they couldn't get to him, so they spent three days trying to recover his body. And Lou actually went to his lieutenant and volunteered to go. And he thought of a way to get in, to get this guy. Him and another guy went in and drug this man back. And see, I don't get that. When I thought about that, why would you risk your life for that? Because it's called honor. Honor. It's called honor. It's called a cause. And I thought about that. What comfort does that bring to that family to at least have their son come home and that he could be placed in one of those cemeteries with a white marker that causes us to remember what they did. Instead of always wondering what happened, they know. But it's a mindset that I don't get. I think of Udonna's great uncle who fought in World War I. His name was Earl Noble Barry. He was killed in that fight. But he wrote this letter home. The night that we were relieved from the drive, I received the news of dear Mabel's death. And just coming out of so much excitement, if you know anything about World War I, you understand that's an understatement, coming out of so much excitement, a mindset that again, I don't get. I was all unstrung, and then receiving that news nearly got the best of me. It was sure sad, but the Lord knows what is best. Regardless to how wild a person has been when you are in battle over here, you cannot help but think of your childhood teachings. If I am not careful how I am writing to you, you will take me for a preacher instead of a soldier. The very first chance I have, I will have some pictures taken and send you one. I've had several ask for one. It is hard for me to write a letter for the news that would be of interest to you I can't write but wait till I get back I will be a regular storybook. if the Lord still holds his arms around me as he has this experience will be worth a lot to a person he didn't get back he did not make it back In the local newspaper, this was published. A few days ago, Mrs. Berry received the following letter, which we take to be the highest honor to which American motherhood can obtain. War Department, the Adjutant General's Office, Washington, April 9, 1919, Miss Janie, Janie Berry, Angora, Nebraska, dear madam, this office has been advised by the commanding general, American Expeditionary Forces, courier number 275, that he was awarded, referring to his son, that he was awarded the Distinguished Service Cross posthumously to your son. That's the second highest reward you can get next to the Congressional Medal of Honor. Corporal Earl Noble Berry, Company D, 16th Infantry, for extraordinary heroism in action near the forest of Argonne, October 9th, 1918, after four members of his automatic rifle squad had been casualties in an effort to get their automatic rifle into action against the machine gun nest, Corporal Berry fiercely exposed himself and set up the rifle and uh, and silenced the machine gun just as another enemy machine gun on the flank opened fire and killed him. This this follow-up letter was also published talking about what took place that day. Referring to Earl, it says, Earl enlisted with the 16th Infantry from Billings, Montana, was in the overseas service for several months. He had been advanced to corporal and was in a squad of men operating operating a machine gun. This part of service was particularly dangerous, as shown by the last two letters received by Elder and Mrs. Berry from their soldier son. The next to the last letter told how he had just returned from the front to the rest camp, and of the eight men in the squad, only three returned. The last letter again told of how he was back from the firing line and this time only one of his buddies had returned with him. No word was then received from him for four and a half long months. Then came the letter from the government telling of his death. The squad of eight men had taken their machine gun to silence a sniper, nest on the enemy lines and all but Earl were killed in a very short space of time instead of trying To escape, he set up the gun unaided and silenced the enemy, but he was not to escape. Another group of men on the enemy lines had noted what the valiant corporal was doing and trained their guns on him. This time, not one man from the squad returned. Now, that tells you something about commitment. It tells you something about a desire to Accomplish a purpose in life. I can name others. Carl Mitch Wood, my friend in high school who died in Laos when his helicopter flew into the side of a mountain in the fog. My brother's best friend, Thomas Kenneth Emmons, who, was died, in, who died in Vietnam as he came out of a hut and was shot down by the enemy. who had written a letter home to my brother the, the night before he went out on patrol telling him he was to look for him in the obituaries. This is a cause. This is a purpose. This is something that people do. There's something going on there that maybe we don't get, that maybe we don't understand. And so we need to stop and think about another who gave his life the Son of God. It wasn't for someone else, it was for you, it was for me. That Jesus died. He did that to rescue us. And we're called then to be followers of Jesus Christ. In Romans 5, in verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now hope does not disappoint, excuse me, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. That's what we were before. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than Then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Jesus died for us when we don't deserve it. Those that have fought for our freedom oftentimes die for those that don't deserve it. But we should understand that we are called then to a a cause that is way above us. See, the Bible is a remembrance of unfathomable love, something that we can't even begin to comprehend. Just like I can't understand what men would do and women would do in a combat situation because I've never been there, I I have a hard time sometimes realizing just what it means for the fact that Jesus died for us. Jesus died for a purpose. We're called for a purpose. We follow Him for a reason. We need to think of ourselves as soldiers for a cause that's worth dying for, that's worth everything we have to give it, that's that's done with an attitude of unselfishness that others might also know what Jesus did on the cross, that they might begin to comprehend The love that he has for us. Romans puts it this way. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Notice this. We're called to be a living sacrifice. There's a famous movie out there that I can't really talk about, about George Patton. I can't say too much. I'm not going to quote it exactly. But he says, you don't go and die for your country. You go and make other people die for their country. (laughs) See, we don't go out to die for Jesus. We go out to show other people how they can live for Jesus. And in order for them, us to show that, we have to be living for Jesus. And we have to realize the cause and the the purpose that we're called to. That it's worth it. It's worth everything to do it. And that many, many have died in order to fulfill it. But this idea is worth dying for, isn't it? And many have. Many, many have laid down their life for the cause of of Jesus what is your most valuable possession I hope it's Jesus because Jesus changes everything about you and me Jesus changes our past he he takes away our sins He pays our debt. Our sins are forgiven. He changes our present. This is what I want you to think about. He changes our present because He gives us a purpose and a direction for life and for living. Changes who we are right now. And sometimes we don't remember that. And what's really exciting is He changes our future because we have a new destination where we're going, where we're heading. So Jesus changes everything, and He calls us to be dedicated to that cause. So tomorrow is Memorial Day, but it's not the only day that we should remember It's not the only day that we should think about what God has done and those that are willing to go before have sacrificed. Every time we meet should be Memorial Day, a day of remembrance. Every time we come around the Lord's table, it says, do this in remembrance of me. It's a memorial to what? The life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a standing stone, if you will, with a purpose that brings us into remembrance of what God has done. Every time we read the Bible, it's a memorial day. It's a day to realize what has happened to bring us to this point. To remember why we believe. To keep us from making mistakes that we don't have to make. What a blessing is uh, is that. To read and know a better way, every day is Memorial Day for a Christian. A day to remember God's unfathomable love. I'm not going to read it right now. But I would challenge you maybe tomorrow morning as you get up and and, and uh, at ten o'clock or whenever, <laughs> and and you've had breakfast maybe even before breakfast, maybe take a moment, just think about what it costs to be in this country and to have the privileges that we have, but to take a moment and read Hebrews 11 and see the dedication of those that have gone before and maybe stop and think, are we dedicated like that? Are we heroes of the faith? Only you can answer that. I mean, I don't know, it's probably very smart to go around telling everybody you're a hero. But I look out at this audience and I see a lot. I see a lot of heroes to me. And I just pray that you would be a hero to someone else. They would stop and think about opportunities to share the truth with them each day. Let's stand and let's sing.